Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. And God works all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. That's a word for some today. Maybe you've had things that haven't worked out the way you'd hoped or it's taken longer than you expected. But the good news is, if you keep trusting God, He can turn it around for good. And He's got a bigger picture. We only see this much. He sees from the beginning to the end. I want to encourage you. And the other beautiful picture I had while we were worshipping, I saw money coming from heaven. <laughs> I've never seen this picture before. And, I, and all these notes were coming from heaven. And I looked and I thought... They're $100 notes. And then I looked closer and they were $1,000 notes. I thought, we don't have $1,000 notes. And the Lord said, that's because I provide in supernatural ways. And I thought, wow, this is... And the more I just looked and saw, it just kept coming. And the people of faith were reaching out and receiving them. Others missed it and didn't realise God's provision was coming in all sorts of ways. Now, money just doesn't arrive in people's bank accounts. Sometimes you pray and he gives you extra hours to work. Sometimes he'll give you a creative idea. Sometimes a new contract will come. He will partner you with someone who can release. And I just really felt before I preach, I need to declare that over people today. If you're in business, professional, or you're in a situation where you're believing, some of you need a miracle breakthrough. God's put some things before you and think, I'd love to do that, but I got no idea how we're going to resource that. I believe it's a word of faith that God's going to make ways beyond what you are able to see happen. If that word speaks to you, put up your hand right now and we're going to pray. Everyone needs more money, but this is about a word of faith. And you know if this is God's word for you. Oh, I, I can see it now. I can see. Put one hand up and the other one on your heart and we're going to believe. Holy Spirit, this is a prophetic word from you. I saw it in the Spirit happening. Lord, it's not about just our needs being met, but it's, Lord, it's blessing to overflow and bless our city, bless our families, bless our churches, bless our missions. Lord, I just release your provision right now, Father. Lord, show us the way to reach out and receive it, to partner with you. Breakthrough now. I bind up every spirit of poverty. I bind up every spirit that's tried to block the provision of God. And I release it now in Jesus' name. Lord, we see your provision flowing powerfully over and above what we've even asked and believed for. God, in the name of Jesus, we release that right now. I break every stronghold of darkness. Lord, we release your provision right now for your kingdom, for our lives, for our families. Lord, we claim that and we receive it by faith, by faith, by faith in Jesus' name. If you're here and you're a married couple or you're a family or you've got a prayer partner, if you've prayed that, grab someone's hand and say, God, we agree together in Jesus' name. Just, just say, God, we agree together. We agree together right now in Jesus' name. Come on, just claim it right now for your family, for your household. In the name of Jesus, we claim that and we receive it. Open our eyes to see the ways you're going to release it, Father. God, lift our vision. We thank you for it, Father. Your abundant provision, your overflow. 
for our church, Lord. We claim that for our church to build our home for the harvest. Lord, to see extension happen. We claim that and we receive it by faith. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those houses, those businesses, those things to happen. And we will hear many testimonies in the coming weeks and months that something shifted today in the prophetic realm in Jesus' mighty name. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Also, let's give him a shout of praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Woo! Whoa, God! You're a mighty God. You're a mighty God. Occasionally, I hear people say, you shouldn't talk about money in church. I think, hold on. Jesus taught on money and possessions six times more than he taught on faith because he knows that we live with it every day and that's how you need to live out your faith. And, and it tests our hearts. God's a good God. I can't wait to hear the stories. Let's take our seats. Wow. Thanks, Emily. You've been doing amazing over there. You can have a seat now. Let's give her a hand, eh? Our worship team, thank you. We had a great Vision Sunday last Sunday and an awesome All Teams Night Sunday night with over 100 leaders and volunteers here. And we thank God for so many joining in, new people coming. And if you're new or newer in our church, invite you to pop out to our welcome desk and get connected, grab one of our welcome packs and... Uh, it's so good. And one of the key things we shared in our vision Sunday last year was about, last week was about discipleship, that we're believing and we've got all these different pathways and courses. But I want to encourage you personally, who can I get beside and mentor or pray with, disciple, minister to this year and uh, to be intentional about that. I love the book of Acts of the Apostles. We see the amazing work of the Holy Spirit in and through the early church that significantly transformed their world one of the uh, government officials says they have come to our city and they have turned the world upside down can you imagine our government leaders our education leaders saying these christians they're just turning our world upside down actually we're going to turn it the right side up that's what we're going to do but they had such an impact they said oh they've come to town what are we going to do I pray that the church and believers rise to a place of influence, of leadership, of servanthood, of grace and bringing heaven to earth. They're saying, what are we going to do? The church is arising. Because as individuals, we've learned to honor Jesus and disciple one another in the ways of the Lord. They'd obeyed Jesus' command to go and make disciples of all nations. Here's one quick story, Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 3, they prayed for the crippled man and he got healed then the uh, religious leaders called him in Peter and John saying what are you guys up to listen to Peter's reply Acts 4 8 Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them rulers and elders of the people if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed then know this you and all the people of Israel it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. 
Jesus the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Jesus discipled them. Now they'd grasped the truths, the power of the Holy Spirit had come on them, and now they were bringing the miracle power of Jesus across their city. And it goes on and says, But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing else they could say. When God works his power, his grace, restoring someone and getting them set free from addictions, long-term strongholds in people's lives, healed and restored, people say, I don't understand this, but I can't argue against this because of the results and the fruit. That's what happens when we walk with Jesus. And so the um, Amplified of Acts 4.13 says, Now when the men of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated, untrained, ordinary men, they were astounded and began to recognise that they had been with Jesus. Hey, so when we walk with God's love and the words of Jesus in our hearts, people can't help but recognise something different about our lives. We carry the presence of Almighty God. What did the disciples do after they were beaten and threatened not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore? They give up and say, oh, we didn't see this in the fine print of the contract of following Jesus. This is too hard. No, it says, they gathered together and prayed boldly in faith. And later on in Acts 4, we read that. And then in verse 29, it says, and now, Lord, observe their threats. Take them into account so they weren't ignoring the issue. Don't ignore the challenge or the battle or the issues that you face. And grant that your bondservants may declare your message of salvation with great confidence. While you extend your hand to heal and Signs and wonders, attesting miracles, take place through the name and the authority and power of your holy servant and son, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken, a sign of God's presence, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness and courage. Wow, when the Spirit of God fills our hearts and we're obeying and discipling as he's called us to, confidence, boldness and courage will fill your life. Fear would not hold you back. And so I want to talk today a a little bit about when you're walking in God's ways and discipling one another, confidence will be yours. I've met people who are way more gifted than I am. Marilyn and I have met people that are incredibly gifted and talented in all sorts of ways But some of them have not stepped up and used their God-given gift or the calling of God or the anointing of the Spirit upon their life because they just lack confidence and said, oh, no, God couldn't use me. And you just want to shake them saying, come on. 
You've got ten times the gifts I have, but you're just cruising through life. They were unwilling to step up to leadership. They're unwilling to step up and just obey what God's called them to do in their profession, their workplace, their ministry, whatever. Confidence is often the missing key. They just struggle to partner and believe that what God said and has done is going to work. You just got to step up. Marilyn and I are just crazy enough to keep having a go. Just don't give up. Just keep having a go. Whatever God's called you to do. We've got some amazing musicians sitting in our church that should be up here. But you just lack confidence and just won't put your hand up. One day God will find you. And Matt and Rachel will sort you out. Hey, if God's put something in our hearts, let's use it for his glory because life's too short. I've noticed life rushes by. When you're young, I think it's going to go on forever. But it rushes by. I want to encourage you. Don't step back from your confidence. The Holy Spirit's given us courage, boldness and confidence. These characteristics are more than just a confident personality. You say, well, you're just a confident personality, so therefore you can do it and I'm shy or I'm introverted or I'm sensitive, so I'm thinking about what other people are saying. Hey, it's not about personality. I was a really shy person at school. No way in the world would I have ever thought I'd become a pastor preaching every Sunday. My teachers at school wanted me to go on and become a teacher. Do you know why I didn't do it? Because I was scared of speaking in public and so I never went and became a teacher. I missed out on probably what could have been. But God had a plan B which turned into plan A. Because when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, something started to rise up within me to push back the fear and the excuses that I had that stopped me from stepping up and doing what God called me to do. Confidence can steal your destiny or cause you to settle for mediocre or even hide the opportunities he's given you. God says, come on, it's time, time to step up and not to step back. Some of you have heard about the Romans' road of salvation. Anyone ever heard the Romans' road of salvation? It's, it's basically four scriptures, some years five, to help explain to someone who doesn't know the gospel. And with these four scriptures from Romans, you can just take them quickly through to help them understand what it means to become a Christian. Romans 3.23, we got that one? Let's say it together. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is the foundation that everyone is created to follow God, but we've all sinned and fallen short. The second one is Romans 5.8. We found that one. Here we go. Let's say it together. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even though we're all sinners, Jesus come to love us even as we are so that he's died for us so that we can be changed. Then we go to Romans 6.23. This is what they call the Romans road of salvation. Let's say it together. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You need to write these four scriptures down because if you don't know, you say, well, I'm a new Christian, I don't understand the Bible really well. If you've got these four scriptures, you can lead someone to Jesus with understanding. It's that clear. It's that simple. When I first got saved, we were taught 
these and memorized them off by heart. And it helped me. And then the fourth one is Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Let's say it together. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So there you go. You start from Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 6.23, for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this world. We're still sinners. Christ died for us. And Romans 10.9 and 10, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, you shall be saved. So I want to encourage you, make sure you learn off those four verses. Have them marked in your Bible and you can help lead someone to Jesus. You don't have to understand all the answers from the, for the Bible, but that's the beginning. Today, I want to just follow on with that and talk about the Hebrews' road to confidence. We've got the Romans' road to salvation, but there's six verses in Hebrews talks about the Hebrews' road to confidence. You ready? Let's go. Number one, Hebrews 3.6. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So hold on to that confidence that God has brought us into his family. Our body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Have a look at one another. We've got all different shaped bodies. Some are tall and thin. Some are a little bit rounder than they should be. Others are... Others are all different shapes, colors, sizes. But your body is a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit in your spirit and soul. That's the most important, not what we look like. God has called us. And so he said, come on, hold firmly and I will come and dwell within you. We carry his presence. We host the presence of God in our lives. How amazing is that? That's why sometimes when you walk into a shop and you're carrying God's love in your heart, sometimes things happen. We've had times where we walked in a shop and people start reacting to us. We haven't said anything. We're carrying Jesus and all of a sudden there's stuff going on in people's lives or in that shop that reacts, the darkness reacts to the light. But we bring his presence into places. We carry his love. And I want to encourage you, you carry the presence of God. And you've got to be confident that that's what's happening in your life. Think, oh, I'm not a very good Christian. I'm still struggling with some areas of my life. Hey, we're all human. We're still all on the journey. But let me tell you, you need to be confident that you carry the presence of Jesus in your life. You carry the truth of God in your soul. You are carriers of his divine nature in your life. The fruit of the Spirit evidences. The power of God flows through you. When you speak the truth in love, it changes situations and lives. You've got to be confident that God has called you and put his presence inside of your heart. And that is more than enough. Every time I speak in my heavenly language, speaking in other tongues, it reminds me that the spirit of God dwells within me. I think it's one of the reasons God's given us that supernatural prayer language. That every time I speak it or worship in the Spirit, it reminds me the Spirit of God lives within me. The almighty power of God is within me. I'm a son of God. 
not perfect, but human, but carrying the perfect Son of God's presence by His Spirit in me. And He flows through me. Some people look at me and say, well, how do you step into the realm of the Spirit? This is number one. You've got to be confident that the Spirit of God is working in you and through you. I was too shy. It took me 12 months before I did my first public prophecy when I was an 18-year-old because I was still really shy. God would speak to my heart. I'd be bursting inside. I don't think I'm going to burst because I was too scared to speak in, in case I made a mistake. And the Spirit of God just kept coming and He just kept amping me up. Until I got to a point where I thought I was going to explode. And then I had to release. And then the manifestations decreased as I learned just to flow with him. Just realize when you speak in that heavenly language. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and have the heavenly language. I believe it's a gift for every believer. And it's one of the things it does. It reminds you that the Spirit of God lives in you and flows through you. He really, really does. Be filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Hold firmly to your confidence and hope. Don't let it go. So that's number one, Hebrews 3.6. Number two is Hebrews 4.16. Approach God with confidence. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I meet Christians all the time, and I've had this at times, where you're struggling in an area of sin or temptation, or you feel like you've disappointed God or yourself or others, and instead of approaching God's throne of grace with confidence, we sort of think, oh, I don't know if God's going to listen to me today. And the enemy gets you to hide, like Adam and Eve hid after they sinned from God's presence. How crazy is that we think we can hide from God when he created everything and lives everywhere? But that's the deception that comes from sin and the lies of the enemy. Hey, I want to say we can boldly, with confidence, approach the throne of grace. Not the throne of judgment, the throne of grace. The Amplified says, Therefore let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's precious favour. Wow. With confidence and without fear. So that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help us in time of need. For some people, this is your verse today. This can change your life. With fear, we hold back thinking, oh, I'm just not cutting it. I'm still struggling with, with thoughts or attitudes towards people. I'm struggling to forgive. Hey, the Bible says we can come with Confidence before his throne of favour and grace and mercy to help us. Don't hide and waste weeks or months or years of your life because you feel like you've blown it. Don't stay in that place. God says, come on, come with confidence and receive my blessing and healing and forgiveness and then you can run with God's purpose over your life. I had to learn how to do this. But with God's grace, I did. Sometimes we come to God with fear and trembling or with shame and hesitance or we may try to run away or pull back. God is drawing you to be empowered and restored. That's good news. So number two is confidence. Ephesians 3.12 says, In whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him, that is our faith gives us a sufficient courage to freely and openly approach God through Jesus Christ. Wow. So number one is Hebrews 
three, six, hold firmly to our confidence. Number two is uh, Hebrews 4.16, approach God with confidence. Number three is don't lose your confidence. Hebrews 10.35 and 36 says, so do not throw away your confidence. These are really strong words. Don't throw it away because that's one of the first things that goes when you feel like you're out of God's will or you're not sure how it's going to work out. It will be richly rewarded. In other words, if you keep your confidence in God and his purpose for your life, you'll be richly rewarded. If you lose it, you're going to lose some of that reward. You're going to feel like you're failing, letting God down, disappointing people. It goes on and says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. The Amplified says... Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. Don't throw it away. For it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising so that when you have carried out the will of God you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. Don't fling it away. Don't throw it away. I've found most people don't intentionally throw away their confidence in God. It slowly drains away by disappointment or frustration. Or it gets stolen by the lies of the enemy. Or other people's opinions and words controlling us rob it from our souls. Which, however it happens, it says, don't let it be stolen. Don't let it be drained away. Setbacks or other people's words of negativity and judgments. The enemy will try and rob your confidence through discouragement and fear. Some of you started out boldly to, to do that study course so you could be a blessing. You got halfway through and you gave up. You thought it was just too hard. Other people said, are you sure that that's what you're meant to be doing? Hey, if God's shown you and told you, don't give up, persevere. And say, God, renew my purpose and reason for doing it. Some of you have stepped out to minister and, and to lead a connect group or to, to serve the poor and needy of our city and it gets tough. Hey, when you step up to serve Jesus, guess what? We've got an active enemy that's going to make it. He's going to contend for God's call on your life. But with confidence, you don't step back. But it can be stolen. I remember many years ago, we'd been in ministry full time for 16 years. The Lord said, it's time to have a rest. And we'd gone through some difficult times in a previous church and I lost my confidence. And I wasn't sure whether I'd end up leading a church again. This is my midlife adjustment or crisis, whatever you want to call it, in my late 30s. And I was trying to work out who I was, where I fitted. And I, and I remember a good friend of mine, a past friend of mine, he, he looked me in the eyes one day and says, Ross, don't lose your confidence. He had a word from God. He said, get back up preaching and you watch what God will do. And I remember, I didn't preach for about two months. We had time out. And, and the first time I got up, I was really nervous like I hadn't done it before. And I'd been preaching for 16 years full time. And I remember I had to face my fears, look out to the crowd and think, hey, God's given something for me to share with people. I had to face people's opinions and I remember I was nervous. I wasn't 
flowing clearly like I do now, but I had to face it. And at the end of that day, God's presence came. And each after two or three more times, boldness and confidence started to flow again. And I haven't stopped again since. But I remember I had to choose. And confidence was the thing that was being stolen from me. And some of you have wrestled with that. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are in that valley right now. Some of you know people are in that valley. Hey, get beside them and say, hey, come on. Remind them of God's call. You can do it. The Holy Spirit's in you. Step up with confidence. And God's calling us, so don't lose it. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? This is not like a suggestion. Hey, by the way, here's a nice idea. Be strong and courageous. This is God speaking to Joshua. Do not be afraid Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hey, some of you have been stirred to believe for people to get healed. You've prayed for lots of people and they haven't all got healed, but a few have. And some people, that's the point they pull back. I remember hearing one famous evangelist, he prayed for 4,000 people before the first miracle happened in front of his eyes. Mate, after about 40, I think I would have been thinking, is this really God's plan? Where are you, God? Now, I don't know why it took 4,000 people, but it was like God wanted to test the resolve because it's supernatural. And he wanted that guy to know 150% that this is all God and not you. God has bigger reasons. But if he would have given up, we would not have seen an amazing worldwide ministry where hundreds of thousands of people got healed through his ministry. But he had to persevere and not lose his confidence for the first 4,000 people he prayed for didn't get healed. You'd be thinking, God, what's going on here? Your promises to you would have wrestled through all of that stuff. But thank God, the Holy Spirit kept stirring him and a few friends around said, we believe in you. Pray it doesn't take 4,000 for you. But I want to encourage you, don't give up. Just do what God's called you to do. Number four. Faith is confidence. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If you're going to have faith, you're going to have confidence that what God's word says is going to happen. That if I step out and do this, God, you're going to show up. Faith and confidence are linked together. I hear some people, they've got amazing faith, but then they lack confidence to step out on the water and they settle for way less you just got to keep stepping up. Walk through the disappointments. Now, faith, Hebrews 11, it says, Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There it is, confidence. Faith and confidence are linked together. If you lose confidence, let me tell you, your faith life will struggle because it's linked together. You have confidence that God's word is true. You're confident that the the promise of the Holy Spirit are right. 1 John 5.14 This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him that if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us and if we know for a fact as indeed we do that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked from him. So all those prayers out there, which hopefully is everyone, don't give up praying. Keep on seeking. 
Keep on knocking. Keep on declaring. Keep on believing. It says, let's keep coming with confidence that what we pray for will come to pass. And someone says, well, am I praying in line with God's will? If you're praying outside of his will, he'll show you. He'll speak to you through his word. He'll say, uh-uh, don't pray like that. Here's a better way. Come on, add some faith to it. Spirit of God will help us. Don't give up. For some of you prayers out there, you need to read 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers have. The Holy Spirit will give that to us. And I believe as you pray, you can have what you see in the Spirit. Some of you have seen amazing prophetic visions, ideas, you're reading scriptures or worshiping. Hey, I want to say, what you see in the Spirit, you can have. You've got to keep stepping into it. I've got lots of promises God's given me. I haven't seen them all work out yet. But I regularly review them and I say, God, I'm believing for it to come to pass. Get with some prayer partners and agree together. Something happens when we do it together in the Spirit. Get in a prayer partner or get in one of our prayer groups and in your connect groups. Pray together and keep on believing. Some of the uh, young adults and others are coming here early on five mornings a week now. Many outside there to pray for God to move by His Spirit. And there's, there's a growing hunger. Our prayer groups are all growing. Encourage you to get in and start declaring and confessing. Do it as our marriages, as families. Come on, teach your kids how to pray and believe and see the breakthroughs happen. Some kids at four have more faith for healing than us adults because we try and reason it all out. They just pray and think, well, Jesus, just do it. And He does. We're the ones that try to reason it all out and struggle and get it all confused. Number five, confidence comes from God. Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Wow, that's great, isn't it? Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Mortals is just another word for human beings. What can people do to me when I confidently declare God's promise? He's going to um, deliver me, save me, heal me, protect me, whatever it is. My confidence must come from the Lord. In leadership, when you're a leader, you're often facing weaknesses and inadequacies and questions. I want to remind you, John 15, 16, you did not chose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. The reason you can have confidence, it's not in your ability, because that can lead to pride. Look how good I am. It's in the Lord, who's the provider and the giver for us, and that we can have confidence because it's not about me choosing him, he's chosen you. If God's chosen you, he's going to equip you and flow through you. And that, when, when you realize it's not who I am, it's whose I am, that changes your whole sense of identity and value. And you're not trying to uh, prove yourself to someone. You're not trying to um, get approval. You're not trying to impress people. You just want to bless people, not impress. God's called us to bless, not impress. Because if you bless, he's going to get the glory. And doorways will open for your life. Your ministry or leadership doesn't define who I am. It's your relationship with Jesus defines who you are. And lastly, last one in Hebrews 13, 17 says you need to have confidence in your leaders. 
This is a challenging one. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. God wants us to grow in confidence in trusting leaders, following good leaders, hang around and learn from larger leaders, but be yourself. Don't try and be like someone else, but learn some of the skills and the heart and the passion and then you'll discover your own way of doing life and ministry and service. If you're saying, I don't know how to parent, get beside some parents who have 10 or 15 years further down the track and say, hey, can I learn a few things on you to help work out how to parent my beautiful, busy, strong-willed kids? I'm always clashing with them. Get beside someone. If you're in business, find someone to mentor and coach you that's been doing it for 10 or 20 years longer in a successful way. If you are older and you've got experience, hey, let people get close to you and mentor and disciple people in the skills that God's given you. And some of you are doing that all the time. I want to encourage you. Let's do that. We've got so much focus on intellectual knowledge in our education system but not enough on practical skills how to do life. We need to mentor, demonstrate, support, get beside, walk together. That's discipleship. Education helps, but you can have a head full of knowledge and don't know how to apply it. You get beside someone who's a practical one that works it out and you'll learn faster. Often you need head and heart and hands all working together. If you just do hands, action, and you don't learn the things behind it, you'll stay at that level. But if you learn here and your heart and then your hands to do by following others' examples, that's when you'll flourish and excel in life. So God's called us to, to trust him. Be a trustworthy parent and leader in church. And sadly, we see people in leadership, in education, in business, in politics, and even in church life that sometimes don't succeed or don't stay true to their calling don't walk away think well I'm not going to trust anyone again that's a very lonely life say God give me wisdom and discernment how to trust better and how to discern better and to show grace 1 John 3 18 dear children let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts to rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Condemnation, sense of guilt or failure will rob you of your confidence in God. So Jesus already paid the price on the cross to pay for your sin. Come and ask him to forgive you. Can confess your sin, he'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Then your confidence in him is fully restored. And receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. What's Romans 8, 1 says? Therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Not in your own education, in Christ Jesus because through Christ is the law of the spirit of life who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. 1 John 4.16 says, We know and rely on the love God is for us. God is love. 
Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Condemnation, the enemy will try and rob from you, steal from you. Other people will remind you of your past mistakes and failures. And some of us don't need any help from the devil or others. We just condemn ourselves. Hey, we've got to change that track record. We've got to change our self-confession over our lives. Hey, be real. Say, hey, I struggle in this area, but by God's grace, I'm an overcomer and I'm learning to rise up in confidence. I wrestle with anger or disappointment or struggle. I, I wrestle with that, but by God's grace, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to rise in Jesus' name. Worship team, come on up as we look at our last verse. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Hey, are you confident that God hasn't given up on you yet? Are you confident that you've still got so much more to do in and through you? Are you confident that we confident as a church that there's so much more that God wants us to do? Your business, your, your profession, your ministry. Hey, let's not pull back but step up. There's some people here today that you feel like you've let God down. Maybe you've got into relationships that haven't been God honoring. Maybe you've made some mistakes. You think, oh God, this is too hard. I'm just going to play it safe from now until the end of my life. Hey, God's calling you today. Come on, step up and step out. Don't settle. I remember Marilyn and I, we were assistant pastors at a church in Ipswich back a few decades ago. And we'd been invited to actually become the senior pastors of a church on the Sunshine Coast. And we were involved in helping plant that church, which is now Calvary Church, way back when we were running a connect group. And I didn't feel ready, and we didn't feel ready. We were still in our 20s. And we had, we had all the excuses of why we weren't ready. And I remember we were praying about it, and we were at a national conference, and this pastor evangel was up there, and he's preaching away, and he was really a fiery man of God. And in the middle of his sermon, he stopped preaching his notes, and he started running across the stage and yelling out and jumping around and saying, Have a go! Have a go, you mug. Well, that's not real spiritual. Have a, he did it about 10. Have a go. And as he's just saying that, the Holy Spirit said, it's time for you to step up and have a go and lead that church. And I think, okay. And God, in that moment, gave me the con. And then he went back to his normal sermon. I thought, it, out of a crowd of thousands of pastors, it was probably for me. I don't know. But it's like God says, come on, step up. Have confidence that what I've called you to do, even though you don't think you're ready, it's time to get up and have a go. And I remember I said in my heart, okay, Lord, we'll do it. And that's how we got into pastoring churches. Because <laughs> God knew I needed someone to stir me up. Interrupted this guy's whole sermon, probably just for me. And probably about 500 others there that were wrestling with, struggling to get up and have a go. Let's stand together. There's a whole pile of people here today. God's saying, come on, step up and have a go. Don't settle where you are. Come on. Maybe you're on the pathway, but it's got a bit hard. There's some headwinds. Spirit of God says, come on, 
Keep on stepping up, stepping out, believing for the best, praying for the sick, showing kindness, discipling and mentoring others, facing your fears, dealing with the strongholds that are still holding you back, the condemnation and guilt that's robbing from you. Don't lose your confidence because it has rich reward. Oh, oh God, oh God. If God's stirring your heart, say, hey, I want some more of that confidence. Reach up to heaven right now. Reach up to heaven right now. The Spirit of God's calling us. <coughs> He's stirring you up. Come on, say, God, put up both hands. Say, I'm going to take, take a hold of that. If you feel like you've let go of it, say, God, forgive me. Stuff's come against us and it's been hard. But today, the Spirit of God says, come on, don't step back. Don't pull back. God, by your grace, we're going to keep stepping up and having a go for your kingdom. Holy Spirit, right now, come upon us. Stir us, I pray. Holy Spirit, fill us with your power, your might, your ability, your efficiency. God, I pray you'd pour in, just pour in confidence right now, like living water pouring in and filling up our souls. Some of your tanks of confidence are real low. But right now, the Spirit of God's filling you up. Don't look at people. Don't look at the excuses. Don't look at the setbacks. Don't look at the opposition. Don't look at how high the mountain is against you. The Spirit of God says, come on, I'm greater. I'm greater. Oh God, release the faith over people right now. Release your spirit of faith and anointing right now. Oh God, stir our hearts. Lord, let us not use the excuse we're too young or we're too old or we're too inexperienced or I don't know how to do it. Because when, when the Spirit of God teaches you, you will train you will get experience and then confidence grows as you keep stepping up and learning. Oh God, I thank you for your spirit of hope filling every heart here right now. God, some that feel like that it's over. God, today I say it's not over because the spirit of God still got breath in your lungs and it's not over. Some say, well, my husband or wife doesn't want to do it. God says, come on, you step up and I'll deal with their hearts. I'll draw them. Don't wait. Say, well, when the kids get older, I'll do it. The Spirit of God says, come on, just be available. Don't let excuses hold you back. I'll give you wisdom how to do it. Oh, God. I release Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.